So I'm here to share with you some of the things that I've learned over the last eight years of using the Silva method so that you can be much more successful in everything that you're doing. Well, I have learned things over the past eight years that have really helped me to increase my success with the mirror of the mind technique. And I'd say I've gone from, as a beginner, maybe a 30% success rate to maybe a 95% success rate. So why should you have to go through eight years of practice to get to that level? Why don't I share with you some of the mistakes I've made so that you can improve your success with Mirror of the Mind. Now, one of the reasons I think we all got so excited when we came to the Silva class is that on that last day of the class, when we worked cases, when we were given a name of another human being, and we were able to close our eyes and get into a, sp a special level of mind where we were able to see that person even though we'd never met them before and we were able to see what was wrong with them if they had a throat problem or if they had had a leg amputated or or we could feel their feelings if they were sad we cried we could feel it I think that that experience is so exciting to us because at that moment we're human beings having a spiritual experience and it's not a religious experience it has no name it's just a spiritual experience. It goes beyond what the six senses can do for us. That very limited scope that the six senses give us. And I remember my feeling that last day of the Silva class, eight years ago, at that time I had tremendous financial problems. And at that time I was very poor and grew all of my own food in my backyard. And I never spent money on anything except for gasoline for my car and food. And I bought the clothing for my daughter and myself at a second-hand shop. And we didn't even have very much of that. So I lived very simply. <clears throat> I also had to borrow money just to be able to pay for the monthly payments on my house. So I had tremendous financial problems. I also had very serious health problems. I had uh, disease that was later diagnosed, but I did not know what it was at the time. And it made me very, very tired all the time. And I had a lot of allergies. And even then, with those human experiences, that last day of the class, that moment when I was at level and I could feel what another person was going through, and I could see what was wrong with them, even though I'd never met them before, I just didn't have those human problems at that moment. It was I was a human being having a spiritual experience. And when you have that experience, you don't have the human problems anymore. I didn't feel poor. I didn't feel sick. I was so excited and so into that feeling. It was absolutely amazing. And you had the same experience. So I know that after we take the class, we begin to go to level, hopefully regularly. I went to level very regularly because I enjoyed getting away from the limitations of the physical world, going within to where it was just infinite, and having that regular spiritual experience. By doing that, I was able to change what was happening in my physical life. I was able to overcome the health problems, and I was able to overcome the poverty. I remember one of the first things I ever did with the Silva Method was I would go to level, and in the blue frame mirror, I visualized myself with empty pockets. Just 
I pulled my pockets out and one penny fell out. And then in the white framed mirror, I visualized that I was standing there and money was coming at me from all different angles. And by programming this at level and visualizing this, what it did was it stimulated my subconscious to think of creative ways to attract money. And at the time, I was a very accomplished cook of a very specific type of cooking that's used in the United States sometimes for very special healing properties, and it's called macrobiotic cooking. And a lot of people in the United States want to know about this cooking, but it takes a long time to, to prepare the food. So I actually wrote a little cookbook called Macrobiotic Meals in Minutes, and it described how to cook this food without taking a long time. And then I put a little tiny advertisement in a national magazine, and my mailbox started to fill up with orders for this cookbook, so I started to sell it around the United States. So money was coming in from one angle. Again, I kept visualizing at level money coming in from several angles. Well, other things started happening and money started to come from here and there and I began to attract money into my life and, and have an attitude that was different about money. I think that before I kept thinking of myself as poor and so even though there were opportunities to attract money into my life, it's like I thought of myself as poor so I didn't see those things because that's what happens. Whatever we focus on mentally, we tend to create in our lives. And I think also what happened was I began to believe that I could have money. And when you believe you can have money, you tend to be more enthusiastic and, and active. And I tended to do more of the things I needed to do. So mirror of the mind affects us and our energy and our behavior. But as you know, it also affects the world around you. There's a subjective communication that goes out from us mentally at all times. And when we go into a deep level of mind at the alpha dimension, that energy is much stronger. Well, again, I was projecting this energy, this thought of being able to attract money. And my telephone rang one day. And the man on the other end said that his doctor said that he needed to eat macrobiotic food to cure his health problem. And he said that he needed to have someone to prepare the food for him and bring it to his home. And he said, I'm a millionaire and I will pay anything. It doesn't matter. You name the price. I just need you to prepare the food for me. So I did. And he did pay me. And that was the end of my money problems for a good while. So many things in my life, things that seemed to be outside of me, changed by getting into this non-physical dimension of thought and changing what I was thinking. And you've had the same experience. So a human being having a spiritual experience and creating a better life for himself or herself, that's a great thing. But still, if that's the only awareness that we have, is that we're a human being and we can have a spiritual experience and create a better life, still life is up and down. Because when things are good, then we feel good. And when things are not so good, then we feel bad. So we're still at the whim of our environment to a certain extent. Now, I'd like for you to think about the fact that 
you see very little of reality, almost nothing of reality. For instance, you can see the person next to you, and you can see that individual, and that individual is an organization of energy that is visible to your physical senses. You could touch the person, you can hear them, and you can see them. However, there's another level of energy that's organized in that person that you can't see, and that is the organ level. That's um, a level of energy where uh, the different organs have different roles in that person's body. Now, we believe that the person next to us has a heart and has a liver, but we can't actually see it unless we are a doctor and they're dead and we cut them open or whatever. So we believe in these things, but we can't see them with our physical senses. Well, what are organs made up of? They're made up of cells. Now, I believe in cells, but I've actually never seen a cell. My physical senses don't detect cells. However, I do know that with a good microscope, you can look through the microscope and you can actually see a cell. So our physical senses can, with help, detect a cell. That's another level of organization of energy. But it's really not available to our physical senses ordinarily. Now what is a cell made up of? A cell is made up of atoms. Now with a very, very special microscope, an electron microscope, you can see atoms. But normally, we physically can't detect an atom. But that's one level of, of life energy organization. And we are made up of atoms, cells, organs, and then we are an individual. But atoms are also made up of something else. They're made up of subatomic particles. Now, nobody has ever seen a subatomic particle. We see evidence of subatomic particles in, the, in a gas chamber, a cloud chamber. We can see the path that a charged particle makes, but we've never seen the particle itself. But we believe that it exists. Well, now we know through quantum physics that subatomic particles are made up of something else. And that is packets of energy that have all sorts of names, quarks and muons. And these are something that we believe in, we know exists, but we have no physical evidence. We cannot see these things. And yet these things are also made up of something. And that is quantum, or basic energy. Now, nobody's ever seen, seen quantum, but we can prove mathematically that it exists. So, the basic energy that's behind everything that is, isn't even a thing. Your body, if you could actually see it from the viewpoint of the way it really is to a physicist, it would look like intergalactic space. It would be mostly a void with a few dots of matter. And then if you broke down that matter to its smallest possible denominator, you would find that the matter isn't even matter. Matter is made up of non-matter. In other words, all this that you see here is not even a thing. It's just an event. My body is not really solid. It's mostly space. And it's really just a lot of things happening. So we see almost nothing of reality. We see one level of, of energy organization, and that is the individual we can look at them. But we know that all of this exists. So you might say that the things that we can perceive with our physical senses 
are the objective world. And everything that we can't perceive is the subjective world. We can only think about it. We can only imagine it, and yet we know it exists. And we know that the subjective world affects the objective world, and vice versa. So they're a unity. And that's why the first thing in the Silva Method we learn is mental house cleaning. How to change our thoughts to change our physical lives. Because our thoughts, the subjective dimension, definitely affect our physical selves. So, we see very little of reality. And what we are here is not really a body, but just an event. And in fact, this physical body that you're looking at here, I was in Hungary a year and a half ago, and this is a completely new body. There's not a single cell in this body that's the same as the body that I had a year and a half ago. So, if you think you're your body, then you have a big problem because you have to think which body. Your body is continually dying and being recreated out of raw material out of the universe. All of the elements of the universe are continually being used to create this physical body. So this is not me. There's a life energy that pulls all these things together and, and creates me and animates me and that's me. It's the energy behind me. And that, that me, even though my brain cells are completely different from the brain cells that I had two years ago, I still remember being in Hungary. There's actually a memory that's passed on. It's, it's amazing to think about it. But I'd like you to think about this. I'm not a human being having a spiritual experience and neither are you. Instead, you're actually a spiritual being attempting to have a human experience. Now when you realize and when you can become aware that you're a spiritual being just having a human experience, then your entire worldview changes, your entire perspective changes. Because then, if I'm a spiritual being just creating a body for you know, maybe 40, 60, 90 years, to go through some human experiences, then there's never really suffering. Because everything that I encounter is just something that I'm attracting into my life to learn things, because I want to have a human experience. I'm just a spiritual being that wants to have a human experience. In the United States, and I'm sure also in Hungary, there are many people who have done hypnosis therapy and regressed people into past lives. And whether this is literally that the people have had past lives on this planet or whether it means that we're having alternate experiences on other dimensions of reality, nobody really knows. But the, it's pretty obvious now that this is not the only experience we ever have. That we are a much broader entity than what inhabits this body. So when you think about yourself as a spiritual person, a spiritual being just having a human experience, then you begin to be willing to accept everything that happens and be interested in dealing with it and be enthusiastic about it and you can be assured that something good will come of it and you can feel equal to the task and you can feel attuned to whatever's going on and you can feel at one with yourself and with all the people around you. On the other hand, 
if you feel like you're a human being, just you know, having a human experience and sometimes a spiritual experience, then when things happen to you, you can resent it. Like, I'm um, poor, so I resent it. Why is the world this way? And you are then looking outside yourself for happiness. You're depending on things outside yourself to make you happy. And, oh, why is this happening to my body? I have cancer or, or I have this disease. Why me? You get resentful and angry or depressed or just feel like a victim of life. And this brings on all the emotional states of fear and, and grief and, and feeling indifferent and feeling separate from yourself and from other people and just causing a lot of basically human experiences. But when you visualize yourself and know that you are a spiritual being having a human experience, then everything is a lesson for you. Every person that ever comes into your life, instead of saying, why did this happen to me? You actually ask, what's the lesson to be learned from this person? I mean, this is part of my human experience. So everything becomes different. When you can have that kind of an attitude, everything becomes basically joyful, no matter what it is. And then you can enjoy experiencing this human experience by doing the very best you can using the tools that you've learned through the Silva Method to make the most fun human experience you have. If you're a spiritual being just having a human experience, you always have choice. Do you want to have a human experience that's miserable and, and negative? Or do you want to have one that's fun and entertaining? Or do you want to have a human experience that's, that's meaningless and empty? Or do you want to feel the meaning in things? Now, you may think, well, this depends on what happens to me. But these things do not depend on circumstances. Circumstances are human experience. In a recent television interview with a, a prisoner of war, uh, an American who was held as a prisoner of war and he was beaten and, and treated terribly, the interviewer asked, how are you able to, to hold yourself together and, and why are you not ruined by this experience? And he said they could never take away that essential self that I am. He was able to maintain the feeling that he was a spiritual being. He was not the body that was getting flogged. He was not the mind that was getting insulted and, and tormented. And because he was able to hold on to who he really was, he was able to experience all those things from a distance and as a learning experience. And it did not touch who he really was. If you would like to watch more videos like this, then please subscribe to my channel below. Once again, my name is Steven Dobos, and you can download a free centering exercise. The information is in the description box below.